Welcome to another episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. This is episode six. I am Nick Jimenez, the magazine's senior editor, joined by our editor and publisher, Eric Calvino. Hello. There he is, and Ivan Ocampo, our photo producer. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> Happy well New done. Year, everybody. Happy Good New stuff. Year, buddy. All right, so we are opening up on the topic that has all of Miami a buzz, <laughs> or at least a shiver, and that is the cold temperatures. It has dropped to a frigid 40-something in South Florida, and nobody wants to go outside. Um we're not going to get into a weather report here, but we did think this was a uh, a good excuse to remember some of our coldest experiences. Can you guys remember the coldest winters that you have been through? Uh, I, do I go first? Is that me? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly. I, I think it was 2000 in New York. Got really, really cold. I was living up there at that time. Uh, I remember... Like I had just gotten into digital photography and the camera, like it, I turned it on. I was trying to capture this, like it was freaking cold. And uh, I turn on the camera and the little lens comes out and then it comes back in and it closed up and it never worked again. It was like, holy shit. So, uh, so yeah, that was, it was like 16 below or something like that with the windshield. Uh, and then the other day in New Mexico, uh, it's not that it was that that crazy cold, but we were not dressed for it. You know, we landed uh, two Miamians from, uh, you know, from the Caribbean, and we got there in like a long sleeve T-shirt, and it was 15 degrees or something like that. So ill prepared on that one. But yeah, uh, I think the biggest issue is is the cigar smoking in the cold weather. That becomes the problem, right? So what about you? Well, my coldest was probably the same weekend you were in New Mexico. I was in Orlando. Same thing. <laughs> Ill-prepared. T-shirts, tank tops, wife beaters. You were Fro- walking around in a wife beater? Froze my ass off. Froze my that. ass off. I have been walking so. around in a wife beater in Orlando. Watch, going to see the mouse? Went to see the mouse with the baby. Uh, in a wife beater. Did you yeah. take Did you take a picture with the mouse in a wife beater? Sure, sure, nice. sure. Snot on the face, <laughs> frozen snot. That's good. But uh, yeah. Well uh, done. So, so yeah, I, I think my my coldest has to have been uh, one of the winters when I was living in Wisconsin. Um, it's always one upping everybody, right? No, I this mean, is like I, ten upping. Sorry, I was well. It's not my fault that somehow Ivan's coldest winter was in Orlando. Yeah. Of all places, but yeah, like you said, the, the my uh, it wasn't my coldest, but my first winter living in a place where it actually gets cold was in Missouri, and I made the mistake. I was in college there, and I made the mistake of getting on a long phone call, and decided to go out at night walking around with a cigar. And by the time uh, I want to say like maybe fifteen minutes in, the, the first time that you know I wanted to actually ash the thing, you know, I did that like bringing your forefinger down on the cigar move and I just I couldn't physically bring my finger down wow um and it, it, it wasn't that even didn't necessarily happen in Orlando it didn't happen <laughs> in Orlando, but it wasn't even necessarily because it was that cold it was just my inexperience and not knowing like you idiot you Fingers need to wear a glove freeze. if you're gonna walk around for half an hour at a time in 30 degree weather and you are a walker you 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 walk on this on the phone all the time I'm a walking talker for sure we we only have Yami here in the office, but I, I'm told that's a man thing. 
Women are not walking talkers. Yeah, I do it all the time too. But you have, I've seen you on like Miller. Bonafide strolls. And, uh, and 87th Avenue over there. So on a, on a related note, this uh, we have in our show notes recommendations. And what I had in mind was, are there, you know, when you've been traveling and there have been cold places uh, that, that you've been in, are there places that are especially good for smoking? Obviously, there are a lot of indoor smoking lounges. That's obvious enough. Um, one place that comes to mind for me, though, is like Uptown in Chicago. In Chicago. That's Wrigleyville, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have this beautiful patio. Wrigleyville? No. No. Or is it just near Wrigleyville? Yeah, it's like, it wasn't Wrigleyville. It's pretty close to Wrigleyville. It was actually a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, Uptown Cigar in Chicago um, has this great patio and uh we weren't there for the cold but we were told that they cover it they heat it and i had a friend who was traveling in chicago and told me it was it was a a great experience he uh he went over there one i want to say it was a february or january um and it's one of the few places in chicago that you can actually smoke semi-outdoors when it's cold as shit in that town um are there any other experiences like that or, or or even just like maybe uh, whether it's gear or technique or things to keep in mind that you've picked up having to smoke where it's cold. Best winter place to smoke a cigar? Corona Cigar in Orlando. <laughs> what up, Jeff? <laughs> that is a good spot, though. All, all the Coronas are, are good. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I don't have a lot, of, a lot to contribute here other than, you know, I love smoking in New York City. Uh, and Grand Havana Room at the top of the sixes while everyone's walking below you, freezing their butts off, and you're sitting up there with with a good scotch and a cigar. Just, it's tough to beat that. Coat check. Yeah. It just make it so easy. Nice. So easy. I know that that's a little bit, I don't know, but... Well, but coat check is a big deal, right? Because a, a coat is going to absorb, I mean, all that smoke. And the the difference between just your general happiness having a coat check and not having a coat check. Yeah, you're gonna have in, to dry in clean those the cold thing weather. And, and maybe some of the people listening to this are freezing their asses off right now. Yeah. And so here we are in Miami. You know, I'm wearing basically almost a long sleeve T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's... That's a good point. So we'll, we have uh, other parts of this, uh, of this episode where we're going to bring up our feedback email, but that's worthwhile because we're going to do another episode before it gets warm again. So how about if people are listening to this and you have places that you would recommend, you know, hey, here's a place that does cold weather smoking well, whether that's, hey, they have, uh, they do hot chocolate, so you can be nice and cozy. Oh, that's nice. Hot chocolate with a cigar. How often can you do that? Coat check. Great outdoor patio like Up Down does. Uh, if you have places that you want to see shouted out, you know, maybe that's worthwhile. Right. Come us. down to Miami and smoke, man. We there can you smoke go. On the yeah. street. No, afraid you can smoke anywhere. Yami yeah, will make you coffee. Yeah. The whole thing. Uh, but yeah, you can write us at info at cigarsnobmag.com. All right. And uh, we're going to awkwardly segue into the next topic, which is this episode's cigar. Uh, Every episode we are... Do we call it a featured cigar? Yeah, I mean, we call it yeah, a featured it's cigar. Our, it's just what we're all going to smoke yeah, during right. the episode. So right, I, yeah. I want to have a name for it. Right, right, yeah. Featured cigar of the episode is the A.J. Fernandez uh, or Enclave by A.J. Fernandez. No, I think it's... I think it's A.J. Fernandez Enclave. Yeah. 
Yeah, so AJ Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, and we're smoking this in Robusto. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, this is a uh, Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Nicaraguan fillers from Pueblo Nuevo, Esteli, and the Jalapa Valley. Comes in three sizes, a 5x52 Robusto, a 6.5x54 Toro, and a 7x52 Churchill. So we're smoking that Robusto, which retails for eight fifty. Uh, Ivan, any thoughts on the cigar? Looks beautiful. I love that dark brown toothy wrapper. Uh, as far as smoke goes, I mean, AJ has that signature, you know, profile to all of his cigars, and I think you could definitely get that uh, with the Enclave. You know, it's 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 a great smoke. Yeah, uh, the signature AJ for sure, right? That just upfront pepper uh, and. What I like about this particular cigar, though, is that uh, that broadleaf wrapper brings in a a really nice sweetness and uh, in a weird sort of like uh, almost citrusy note that I like. Uh, so this cigar is cool, man. I I, I dig it. I, I know uh, AJ Fernandez that upfront pepper could could be uh, off putting for some, but for those that like it, man, this is uh, this is really well done. It's balanced. It's got the pepper, but it's also got that sweetness to it. Uh, it's even got some cedar in it, which is, is sometimes hard to find that note in a, in a, in a peppery, earthy cigar like this. Uh, I would definitely call it, at this point, I just started, I'm about, what, maybe half an inch in. And uh, I would call it medium to full at this point. Uh, yeah, I think we, in, in the last episodes, we haven't talked about strength of the cigar that we're smoking. So I did want to bring that in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 got some strength to it. Yeah, and I think we're all at about the same point in the cigar, and it's also worth noting the the burn is pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's uh, it is it is spot on. It's burning nice and evenly. Um, the smoke output is good. The draw is good. Um, so a very well constructed uh, and consistent cigar, which I think is a an, another huge reason why AJ has gotten. Um, as popular as he's gotten, especially in the last uh, in the last year or so, and these are affordable too. Yeah, what was it? Six fifties then? Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. It's uh, this is the uh, the low end of the three. It's eight fifty, and it goes up to nine fifty. So eight fifty nine nine fifty for the Robusto Toro Churchill, respectively. That's a good price. Yep. But it's a, yeah, it's a good price, and it's a solid, consistent cigar. People love the cigar. Uh, when uh, when we profiled him for the last issue, I was up in um, in Kentucky with him for an event, and and it's incredible, man. The the he has managed to on the quality and consistency of the cigars really build a a great following of people without necessarily being on the road all the time. So it's a it's a testament to you know how much people rely on on that quality and consistency. And do we know what we rated this? Uh, we did rate this this year and it got a good rating i remember that but i don't have that so yes i'm ill prepared for this we rated it in churchill and no sorry we yeah this robusto the broadleaf robusto we rated it 92 in the march april issue that is that's a, high praise from cigar snob exactly yeah regular cigar snob readers know that uh how how, how many times have we been 94 is it like once or twice yeah I think just twice. Yeah. So twice in the history of Cigar Snob ratings, we've given 94s. Uh, 92s are j- often, in almost every issue, the highest rating you'll find. 
out of the 50 some odd cigars we might yeah. rate in a given issue so uh so yeah this is as solid and reliable a cigar uh as you'll probably find again if that's your profile right exactly if, uh, if that dark strong pepper earth uh is your your profile man have at it also it's got also some espresso in it. I'm, I'm telling you i, I really it's dig like this black cigar. licorice look at you with yeah. black licorice up yeah. in there huh are we gonna have to worry about the ivan cigar blog yeah, <laughs> <laughs> offshoot. Uh, no, man, it is good. It is good for sure, and at that price, all day. With that, we will shift into the next topic in our show notes, which is what we're looking forward to in 2018. Um, we'll actually reverse things a little bit here. I know that we were geared up to talk about uh, the second topic, but let's let's start with uh, with our editorial calendar. Usually, we in the last couple of months of 20 well of, of given year will come up with the editorial calendar for the following year. Uh, and so that's six topics or uh, locations or uh, themes in this case. For each issue, right? Right, so exactly. So one, yeah, one each, per issue. each issue will sort of center on a, on a particular theme. Uh, this year, we're looking at the January issue being, as always, our top 25 issue. So that's where you'll find the list of the top 25 cigars of the previous year. We're actually working on finalizing our, our list as we speak. Um, we will be doing boating in March. Uh, some of these are tentative, right? Yeah, some so of this is subject to change. Here. So, yeah, we, we've it, it, almost invariably every year we kind of make a, a little bit of adjustment, you know, a quarter or halfway Tweak, through the year. Maybe we'll flip-flop, uh, you know, uh, an issue and say, exactly. okay, no, let's do that one better in July or whatever. But Exactly. But tentatively, we're looking at, uh, top 25, then boating, then politics. That should be very relevant in, in with you know with FDA stuff. With FDA stuff, and the that, that'll be like as people are starting to really talk about those midterm elections that are coming up. Which again, with the FDA stuff, uh, I think that at least the cigar community will be feeling some pressure to to push before Republicans potentially lose the House. Oh, show. Um, then we're gonna go into uh, from that sobering topic uh, watch what i'm going to do here into booze uh so we'll be doing our booze issue that'll uh be all about wine and whiskey and rum and beer and all the other stuff that makes you super happy um then the dominican republic in the september issue and finally whoa 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 come on man the dominican republic uh that's gonna be kind of like what we did in nicaragua right where we exactly like here's how you can do your own uh, Dominican Republic Cigar Factory Tour, right? Exactly, right. So so we had the uh, our Esteli travel story. Yeah, which, which if you don't know what he's talking about, check it out, right? What issue was that, July? Well, it's it was in the July issue, and it's now online. Um, Perfect. So that story is online, and you can go on there and get the full story and, and all of our photos. In fact, I, and there, there might even be some photos that didn't make it into print just because we don't have the That are on the stories. website, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cigarsnobmag.com. Cigarsnobmag.com, and you're gonna just go to our travel section there. And finally, in November, we'll do food and food and wine, um, probably with a little bit more of an emphasis on the on the food, uh, only because we'll have done booze. Correct. Um, but yeah, so but that's a uh, big trip on that one. That's Switzerland. We will be flying to. I imagine that there's gonna be a lot of chocolate consumption. We're also gonna meet up with uh, Mr. Villiger, Heinrich Villiger. That should be pretty cool. Visit all the uh, Davidoff stores in Switzerland as well. I'm psyched about that. 
Anybody else? Like, you guys don't seem. Well, I no, it. I've I've never been, so it'll be it'll be a whole uh, a whole new thing for me. But a whole new world. Oh, Sorry. that's good. That's good. Can we just? <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out and move it right up to the front of the podcast. <laughs> Ivan, have you been? Never been. No, looking forward to it. No, me neither, man. I haven't been to Switzerland. Oh, cool. What's wrong with you? Look at that. I've heard something about the ladies, though. The ladies. <laughs> How is it that Bill Burr does the ladies? Talking about the ladies. That's it. That's it. So There's yeah, gotta so, be an easier way to do that with like the volume or something. Post. I think, I, I, think it's, I, I, I fucked up the the volume there, but so he he'd be going on and on and on and then mention the ladies. I think. I'm the only one wearing headphones, so I got the effect, but I'm pretty sure I knocked it out of the park. So that's going to be our editorial calendar. We're very much looking forward to, um, to tackling all of that stuff. Uh, we, we're really making kind of a, a full shift with the exception of the DR, but the DR is sort of a, a topic unto itself in the cigar world. In the past, we've done very city-centric issues, uh, sort of doing like Los Angeles as a theme, Chicago as a theme. So this kind of this year really represents, I think, our our full you know shift or like the maturation of of that new approach, which I, I think will be. Uh, it started in 2017. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we kind of got our, our got our bearings, uh, not got our bearings, but you know, but yeah. but that was our worked first foray into, it out. into organizing things that way, and uh, and so you know I, I think we've gotten good responses on that, and and it's it'll be fun to kind of have. Um, you know, explore things that, that we might not have in the past. What are you talking about, Nick? Explore what? What are you exploring? No, like certain travel destinations. That oh, we I thought you were exploring like your sexuality. And I was like, all right, buddy, relax with that. Well, the way the politics issue <laughs> is shaping up, we might be exploring some sexuality. So who knows? Uh, and uh, speaking of politics, the uh, other thing that we're looking forward to, which we touched on a little bit, but is whatever developments might come on the FDA regulation front, um, again, we've got uh, the midterm elections coming up in 2018. The I might be fudging the numbers, but basically the Republicans have about a 20-some-odd seat majority in the House, and on average, the party opposing the incumbent party in the White House Typically. in a midterm will pick up 20-some-odd seats. So even if Republicans lose the average number of seats for this situation uh we're like right on that borderline of you know missing the window here um, can anybody queue up borderline madonna i can do that so eric i i think that you're probably the the one who's most in touch with some of the key players on this what are what are some of the things that you're hearing out and about uh, from from the cigar industry and and the people who are leading the charge on this stuff. I, I come back to this all the time. It, it there's a little bit of a fragmentation of uh, you know in on the front on the front lines. You've got you've got a group that uh, is working towards cigars being separated from. Uh, Premium cigars being separated from machine maids and other small cigars, uh, and then you've got another, and it wants to attack the problem that way. And then you've got another front that is uh, looking to just one unified force of every type of cigar together, uh, because you can pull more money that way, more lobbying money. 
So, so that, you know, that, that's like under the hood, that's what I see as a problem. I think we, if we had one way that everyone with uh, pooling their capital could agree on a way to attack this, uh, I'd feel a little bit better. However, at the same time, the whole the whole thing is ludicrous to me. The whole FDA regulation and how they want to go about it seems completely ludicrous. So, and then on on the other side, there's just this big silence. There's nothing coming from FDA right now. So, unless you're really really into it, uh, like Rockies of the world, and again, I tell people at every turn, you need to thank Rocky, Lido, Carlito Fuente. Uh, guys like Craig Cass, uh, those guys are leading the way, and uh, and, and, and obviously Glenn Loop, right? But that's his job to do that. But uh, Glenn Loop from the CRA, it's a it, it's a tough topic, right? Because it's kind of it's kind of a boring topic. We do entertainment, and and it's a boring topic in an entertainment magazine. But you need to go to Cigar Rights and uh, and sign up and just. Just do your part. It's not expensive. And you're, they're going to give you cigars for signing up. So cigarrights.org and and get on there and help out because these guys, uh, they need the support. And they're the ones that are out there fighting, right? Every day we talk about it, but we just cut and light our cigar and enjoy it, right? And look for look for the CRA updates that we run. In uh, every issue. Glenn, yeah, in every, every issue. issue. So and, and Those are very informative. They are. Glenn Loop does an amazing job. Uh on uh, obviously as his job but then he also does an amazing job of writing that column for us uh so we already got the new one we're ready and it's a good one so check that out in the in the upcoming issue and uh if you can just go on the cigarrights.org and sign up it's it's not a lot and they're gonna give you cigars for signing up and by the way they're excellent cigars ivan what comes to mind for you when you think of um all the traveling we do especially for the travel stories the the stuff that we hear from everyday smokers, especially popping into cigar lounges and, and stores about this issue? Because we, we end up talking to people. What's kind of your general impression of that side of this? What I hear most from, uh, from people around the country is just how debilitating the taxes are uh, in each area. So usually I'll get like, uh, like examples like, do you know what I pay for a uh, for an undercrown shade where I'm at, you know, or, or do you under, do you know what I pay for a Padron where I'm at? Like, like I've been to Florida and they're referring to me, like I've been to Florida and I pay, you know, a lot less there, but where they're at and they're, they're at home smoking, going to their local retailers, they're, they're really under a, a tough crunch and they're, you know, all the retailers are passing those down. That's on the taxation side. Right. So that's all you hear on the yeah. FDA side. What you get is silence. Right. The consumers don't know jack and no matter how often we talk about that's why i say it's a tough topic because it's kind of it's a boring topic to get into but it's a necessary topic to get into so i know it's boring and but you got to talk about it and the consumers just don't know they don't they don't know like i said every day they just go in they cut their cigar they light it and they enjoy it and they take it for granted that that it, it could go away so yeah, so let's. Uh, it it is looking um, pretty dire. Maybe not as dire as when we thought we were going from Obama to Clinton, but as you know, a little more dire than people had hoped for when Trump won. 
So we're yeah, I think people felt like, oh God, we're, yeah, this is going to be great. We're done with all this nonsense, and it's going away, and it hasn't. Yeah. So uh, we'll see where all that goes. In the meantime, we'll keep enjoying cigars. For instance, our featured cigar of this episode. Again, we're smoking AJ Fernandez's Enclave Broadleaf in Robusto. What are your thoughts so far? We're, I, I think, all about an inch, this, inch right? and a half in. Yeah. Eric's working on a, like a long ash contest. Here. I am. I am. I'm totally long ashing this thing uh, without any effort. It's just we're, we're at a, an inch and a quarter here. The the pepper has kind of mellowed for me a bit. Yeah, yeah which it's is, softened up nicely. Yeah, it's, um, it's softened up and you're, you're, you're picking up a little bit of the, of the nuance that was behind the pepper in the first inch or so, which, which is cool. You know, it, it's... Uh, uh, transitioning, but in this sort of subtle, subtle way. Yeah, maybe picked up a little bit, uh, a little bit of creaminess that wasn't there before, so that also helps to balance it out. I know some, you know, in previous episodes you've said Ivan that, uh, you know, you like it when there's a just straight a cigar stays straight, but there's also something to say about when there's takes those little those little shifts. It's nice too. It adds complexity to it. Yeah, I, I, I often compare it to like taking a swig of whiskey when I usually take one like at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That first yeah. one has a little bit of bite to it, but after like the third glass, it does mellow out. It's kind of like the same here with this. Uh... It's a bit of a, num- I think you're numbing yourself at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, th- this is, uh, again, this is an excellent cigar. And, and at the price point, again, it's tough to just to beat that, right? I think AJ has uh, has really taken to that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your butt on on price, and uh, he's done an incredible job, right? Amazing cigars at a, at a great price. So, if you guys haven't read Nick's article in our in our last issue on AJ, you gotta you gotta check that out. He did a great job, uh, very informative and entertaining piece. So check that out. Uh, was it in the spotlight? Spotlight, yeah. Um, and and that is one of the things that AJ touches on. You were talking about the pricing of the cigars. AJ, when when you hear him talk about what decisions he makes on on blends and sizes and pricing, he's sort of like the consummate Wahido. What's that? Wahido being the uh, the the Cuban term for uh, like a country guy. Country guy, farmer guy, yeah. But unlike so many other consummate Wahido types, um, he is very aware and very responsive and very concerned with consumer feedback um, and and making sure that people are happy with the product. And he loves, he gets, uh, he, he takes a lot of pride in the idea that he's providing people with very high quality at a very accessible price. You know, uh, it, it's almost like you talk to him and, and he, he talks almost in terms of like he, he would feel almost ashamed if you were just like, you know, marking things up because he could, uh, which, you know, which is cool to see, maybe maybe to his own detriment. But on the other hand, he's doing pretty freaking well right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you can't throw a stick uh, without hitting a bunch of AJ in a, in a yeah, humidor. You can't throw a stick in a humidor. In a humidor, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's throw that caveat in there. So speaking of AJ, um, AJ is an extremely knowledgeable cigar guy. And we are going to announce right now on Whoa. the Cigar Snub podcast. Do we have like a do we have like a uh, an announcement uh, drum roll thing? A new unnamed segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the idea is that we are going to be soliciting from all of you, our listeners, any questions that you might have, and uh, the crazier the better. The crazier the better. We're looking for uh, cigar mysteries or. 
uh, or tips uh, and tricks questions. and like files. Yeah, questions to which you have been unable to find answers uh, on the interwebs or from your local tobacconist. Uh, we're going to take those questions, find the, the, the best, most uh, interesting ones, and get answers from our contacts in the cigar industry. We're... I think we have to give a shout out to Rene for suggesting this. That's right, Rene Castaneda at Villiger. That's right. He, uh, he said, you know, on a podcast that he listens to, they did it and he loved it and he thought it would work for cigars. And, and I think he's 100% right. And so the kind of question we're talking about is things think that your, nor- your regular cigar, quote unquote, expert can't answer where you need you need someone that really knows this stuff inside out to answer. Like I've heard people ask about like, why does the smoke on the front of the cigar come out light gray or white and on the back of the cigar come out brown, right? I've gotten that question. I've gotten the question of tar, like how to, you know, how come tar builds on some cigars and not others. Also those little black things that hang in the air sometimes when you smoke, what are those? That kind of question, the, the question that your regular old cigar guy can't answer. We will get a real expert on the phone, a guy who does this for a living, in, in whatever that is, right? and have him answer the question for us. Whether it be AJ or whether it be David Paris from ASP who grows tobacco for a living, or Arsenio, or you know these guys that really know the stuff, uh, or even the history side too, right? Like uh, Another question I've heard is all... Does all of the tobacco in cigars, whether it be grown in Sumatra or in Connecticut or Mexico or the or Dominican Republic or Cuba, does all of that come from Cuban tobacco? Did it all uh, start as Cuban seed or are, are other seeds used from other native tobaccos, right? So uh, those kinds of questions is what we're looking for. Right. So, yeah, any questions like that that you might have? Send them over to us at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Again, that's feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Okay, so that will be one of the things that we're looking forward to in 2018. Um, Looking back on the very end of 2017, what did you all do for New Year's Eve? Uh, As we mentioned in the the previous podcast, I went to Savannah with the family, uh, and we did it there. Oddly enough, I found that. All of Miami had gone to Savannah, so so that was interesting. Uh, Savannah's cool, man. It's a cool town. It rained and it was cold on, obviously cold, right? That that's that goes without saying. But it was rainy, drizzly, on uh, on New Year's Eve, which put a bit of a damper on the party. Uh, the other thing that put a damper on the party was Savannah's uh, fireworks show. But, I mean, are we spoiled or something down here with fireworks show? Because this was pathetic. Really? It was all of uh, maybe 45 seconds of fireworks show. Uh, so, so yeah, that was unimpressive. But we had good champagne and good cigars. Uh, we found a spot at, uh, at the Westin that was covered but outdoors. And we, although those guys don't, didn't want us out there, we snuck out there and we smoked our cigars. I smoked a... Uh, an Oliva Master Blends 2 that had been in my humidor since about 2010. An appropriate cigar to end the year on, on the year that uh, Don Gilberto Oliva Sr. passed away. I felt it was appropriate to, uh, to enjoy that 
in his honor. Uh, so that's what I did. What about you, Ivan? So I had my family down from New Jersey visiting. Uh, got Jay Z. Yep, got to see my dad, sister, stepmom. Had a great time. Uh, they, they 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 stay. Hey, what's up? Uh, they stayed over at Trump National. Not bad. Yeah. Make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful place. You know, that that property's been there. Uh, for a long time, they lost the pro tournament, but uh, he stepped in and they really did a great job renovating everything. The place is awesome. Uh, so for New Year's Day, there was a big concert there, uh, which the guests weren't invited to. Uh, <laughs> so I had to do a little sneaking in. And once we... That's not new for you at Trump. Nah, no. I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> you just got to make believe you belong. So... Snuck in, got to see Gente de Sona. If you don't, if some people don't know Gente de Sona, Nick, can you hit me with some? Here we go. That's what you so did. yeah, that so was that awesome. was cool. We latined it out, and it was uh, it was fun. So now the crowd there had to be a very very Cuban recent arrival Cuban crowd, right? Because that's the kind of band that extremely that is. Cuban. I don't know how they afforded the space where they threw this party. Uh, so and, to, and the band. I mean, God bless. Mo- most of these people listening have never heard of this band, but in in Latin circles, they're huge. Yeah, Gente de Sona is a, a Cuban reggaeton duo. They're a duo? I yeah. don't even know. Okay. Yeah, 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 two dudes. They did it big. So did we. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you smoke? Uh, I actually had a Cuban coiva that somebody Look handed you, that me. That was appropriate they, Yeah, there. no, they thought I was family there. And they were like, here you go, buddy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. That, it that's flaked, how it you crash out. a party. It honestly did flake out on me a little bit, the the construction on it. But... Overall, the smoke was was excellent, but but yeah, flaky, huh? Little flaky, little flaky. So Ivan crashing a party at Trump National. Yep. Demonstrating that Trump has some work to do on his wall building techniques. <laughs> <laughs> you were or, sitting on that. Or pool fence, for that matter. Pool <laughs> fences. <laughs> um, I was at uh, at my wife's aunt's house in uh, in Cocoplum. A uh, neighborhood here in Miami. They had a. It was a family New Year's Eve thing that I had never been to. It's like a big blowout thing every year, and it was as big of a family party as you could hope for. Her uncle uh, has taken up DJing as a hobby, so he had like his whole DJ set up with like a big projected thing with music videos for every song. Whoa. So Gente de Sona was like on Whoa. a 15 foot screen, and her her mom's side of the family is uh, is Padron, unrelated, but I brought some Padrones along, um, along with actually. More AJ again. You can't throw a stick. I, I brought a, a mix of of padrones and those oil de Monterrey's or oil by AJ. Excellent uh, smoke too. Which is also a great cigar. Uh, so they they were they were. Happy Will with... it be on our top twenty five list? You gotta see. You gotta come back yeah. and check. So that was a good time. That was a good time. By the way, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this coming week, 
8th, 9th, and 10th. That's right. Top 25 release party in here. That's right. Uh, and by party, we mean a lot of typing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of typing and uploading. Uh, but as you know, as we're, we're always told while we're doing all of our typing and uploading that it's actually a party in everybody else's offices. Because you've I got know. especially industry people kind of sitting around waiting to, to see where they land and entire buildings refreshing pages. So It's nonstop. Like the texting right now is like, hey, am I in it? Am I not? I'm getting the constant text. Our list has not been leaked. Mainly because we are finishing it as we speak. Yeah, it's not a leaky <laughs> list. That's how we. Uh, that's our mechanism for not allowing the list to get leaked. Right, we do it last minute. There you go. So yeah, that was New Year's Eve, um, and now we will, as we just talked about, how we ended the year and our podcast in our mm. usual fashion. You like that smooth. segue? Oh yeah, very smooth, buttery, mate. buttery stuff uh, with. Our parting recommendations. So every episode, we take a little break here at the end to recommend things that are completely unrelated to whatever we've been talking about. Just, hey, what have you tried, seen, done, read, heard lately that uh, that you'd recommend our listeners check out? So, Eric, what do you got? So in typical Eric fashion, I will do two recommendations. I, uh, I decided last night to rewatch the 1975 Stepford Wives uh loved that movie when i saw it ages ago and for some strange reason i decided to watch it again last night uh just what an incredible movie uh check that out 75 stepford not the not the recent one with nicole kidman or or anything like that the original stepford wives outstanding outstanding flick uh and then the other thing is i was working late got an email from the people from fender asking because they had sent us this Mon- Monterey Bluetooth speaker, and they'd sent it months ago. And we, we reviewed it for the magazine, but I hadn't used it. So the Fender person uh, that I deal with asked me, hey, you know, did you ever use the thing uh, yourself? Did you like it? So I had not. So I cranked it up last night here at the office late. And, man, that thing sounds amazing. It's, it's maybe, uh, I don't know, 12 inches wide by... Maybe 10 inches high, it's, so it's relatively small, and it cranks. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So the Fender, Fender Monterey Bluetooth speaker was awesome. That's my uh, recommendation there. Cool. I don't know if mine's going to be much of a recommendation because probably everybody in the world has done this, but I did it for the first time. I uh, slow-cooked, smoked a brisket, which was absolutely amazing. So I went 250 degrees for five hours in the oven with wood chips. You know, it's like past lunchtime, Ivan. Oh not a good idea God. to do this to me right now. But let me tell you what I did. Then I finished it off on the grill, like basting it in like uh, barbecue sauce. It was absolutely delicious. What did you use as a rub? It was like a garlic and herb rub that I used, but it was awesome, awesome, awesome. That's awesome. Did you use the, uh, the the wireless thermometer, the one that they had sent us a while back? I didn't. You I didn't, didn't use it? No, no, I didn't do it. I was on top of it. Usually that's good for if, like, if you want to, like, just set it and forget it. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to be on top of this. I was very, I was very cautious on, on well, the I mean, brisket coming out good. So I was really on top of it. So I really didn't need the, the electronic thermometer, which would have worked great, by the way. Uh, but... 
yeah, try that if you haven't done that. It was, it's awesome. Nikki? Nicholas? All right. Nikki. So I had a question for you, and, and that gives me an idea for another recommendation, but did you get any help from T-Roy? I've seen T-Roy's videos before. Uh, I Leroyed it. And <laughs> Leroy it, it yeah, people don't know this, but uh, this is an inside joke we have here. I Leroy Jenkins it, which means that I just jumped right into it without doing much much research or, or thinking about it. Uh, and it came out great. So So that'll be the first of my recommendations. If you uh, if you now have a hankering for some barbecue, check out a YouTube channel by uh, a guy named T Roy. You can find him searching YouTube for T-Roy, T-Roy Cooks. And uh, he's this Louisiana native living in Austin, Texas, who we don't know, but whose videos we enjoy. Uh, does Very a lot much. Of really good-looking cooking. Huh, that rhymed. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just seems like a really nice dude, which, is, nice, part of, yeah. which is part of why it's easy to get through these long, uh, these long videos. He just seems like such a freaking nice guy. Uh, we should get in touch with him, see if he wants to, I don't know, make us some steaks. Make us something. Um, my second recommendation, uh, in recent episodes I have recommended uh, Japanese game show contestants slipping downstairs. I'm going to... What weird shit are you going to hit us with today? Swing wildly in the other direction to headier stuff. If you're a podcast listener, which you are because you're listening to this one, check out the... Most recent episode, which at the time that we're recording this, is episode 112 of Waking Up with Sam Harris. Uh, so Sam Harris has a very popular podcast called Waking Up with Sam Harris. He is a, uh, a philosopher and um, a very, uh, as famous as philosophers get on the internet, uh, well known for his, uh, for his atheism. And he has a uh, conversation slash debate with Eric Weinstein, who is uh, a, a university professor who uh, recently became embroiled in some political correctness uh, controversies, and Ben Shapiro, who is an Orthodox Jew uh, conservative commentator. A lot of the, the discussion centers on idea of determinism versus free will, with Sam Harris talking about that. I know, I know. <laughs> it's determinism and free will. Does, does free will even exist? Uh, but if you're into that kind of thing, check out that discussion. Uh, if for no other reason that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you might have friends who like talking about that kind of shit sometimes. Good conversation fodder if, if you have so people in your life. the episode is number 112? It's number 112. Like. It's called The Intellectual Dark Web. Uh, but most of the conversation is about determinism and free will. But they get into other stuff like identity politics and, uh, and religion and whether it's bullshit and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's worth a listen. From a guy who went to Belen Jesuit. Yeah, the atheist and the Jew. Yeah. Having a, a very compelling conversation there. And again, we'll reiterate as as my third recommendation that our top twenty five list is being released on January eighth. So on the eighth we're doing numbers twenty five to sixteen, obviously in reverse order. Uh on the ninth we're doing fifteen to six, and then finally our top five cigars of twenty seventeen will be announced on January tenth between yeah, noon and so four o'clock. So, it's ten at the number five at noon, right? Exactly, right. So we do a countdown and we release one cigar every hour on the hour. So noon, one, two, uh, three, and four yep. will be those five cigar announcements. So stay tuned for that. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even Google Plus. Or you can refresh our website over and over and over, <laughs> hoping to see something new over the course of those uh, four hours. With that, 
think we're ready to call it a day. <laughs> nice. We got to keep that thing around or maybe find oh, other props. This is stuck here. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, send any of your feedback, comments, questions, or angry letters to info at cigarsnobmag.com or feedback, or feedback or... at cigarsnobmag.com. Those are both working emails. Um, do we prefer feedback? I think so. Send them to feedback. Forget what I said about info. Send them to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it, and share with your friends. Thanks. Later. Ciao.